It's June 30th, 2022. This is Rook. Welcome to episode 189 of Rook. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Nice to be talking to you. Hope you're keeping well wherever you're tuning in from around the world. Hello to you from Toronto, from Canada. Salam, Dustan Aziz. Durud Bashama. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, Groovy Shaya. Hi, Smart Pega. Hello. We've got the Thursday crew, the thinking crew here. Summer is here. Yes. Patio weather. Finally. So let's discuss artistic oppression in contemporary <laughs> Iran. <laughs> uh, today we're going to do a, a new edition of our Plight of Persian Music series we began a few months back. Um, I mean, we've often talked about music on this show uh, and specifically Persian music and specifically the Persian music industry and the dysfunction of it. And it makes sense. I, I spent years of my life as a touring professional musician. Shia, you're a stellar musician. Members of our Rook team are musicians. Uh, but when it comes to, per- sorry, Pega, you <laughs> like music. I, I enjoy music. <laughs> right. Maybe you played the oboe when you were a, no, a teen. No, no, okay, nothing. I played I got the saxophone. Nothing. You did? In, oh. in middle school, actually. Okay. You played the saxophone. Alto sax, yeah. Uh, alto sax, mm-hmm. all right. For one year. <laughs> You can, can you bust it out and jam with me and Shia at some Definitely point? Definitely not. Right. When it comes to Persian music, even when we're uh, celebrating a legendary artist or a brilliant Iranian song or a fabulous new discovery in the diaspora, there's, there's always an asterisk, always a caveat, always a hint of sadness because of the state of things. And that is, quite simply... Uh, the Persian music business and Persian musical artists continue to suffer the effects of a literal ban on Iranian music when the Islamic Republic took hold after the 1979 revolution. The implications of that ban not only retarded the growth of what had become a burgeoning young industry in Iran, but kind of continues to have adverse effects on musicians and recording artists in the diaspora when it comes to anything from royalties to representation to innovation. Um, to reaching a core audience of millions inside Iran that still cannot hear popular music on the radio, cannot attend a hip-hop concert, cannot get, um, uh, cannot form a band with a female lead singer. So today, on that note, we want to look at the repression of female singers, in particular in Iran after the revolution, and the effects that has had on female musical artists of Iranian descent in general in the last 43 years. And the artist and researcher Misak Moradi, um, who's just re- released a new album and who has firsthand experience with um, these these laws in Iran. she She's lived it as an artist and um, can speak to it in a non-scholarly way, as well as being a uh, smart in terms of what she brings to it. Pega, I know this is an issue you've researched and I know it's important to you. Tell me why you've been anticipating this part three of the plight of Persian music. I mean, immediately I just think of notions of equality. You have 50% of the population who's being repressed and the other 50% who can freely express themselves through this art form. And more importantly than that, aside from the repression, 
is basically you know this loss of culture i think when you're repressing again half of the population it takes away from the growth it takes from our roots our, our everything so that's why it's important to me and i'm really excited to hear myself talk literally about it. taking half the population's voice away yeah exactly yeah. unless they're only speaking or singing to females yeah or you know they're accompanied by a man right which, we'll again. get into all the weird nuances mm-hmm. of the laws in iran and how that has affected artists in the diaspora i know shia um you've been quite vocal about this this span on female singers uh uh you brought it up in a few a few shows we've already done over the last couple of years on uh, yes. on rook and and actually the, i can say one of the main reason that i left iran was that issue actually so and I, yeah, I uh, famously for our fans, I said that uh, we wo- we won't. Our fans being your group, uh, Dang Show, show yeah. uh, that we will never ever perform in Iran until women can sing on stage. And oh, right. after I left Iran, I only worked with female singers. And uh, it's you know it's funny. It's like you have an instrument, and they tell you that you cannot use like the. Uh, let's say the um, soprano part of your keyboard. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, it's, right, it's, right, right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and we don't. I mean, we, we always have to be careful not to be um, reductive in the sense that, of course, the regime and the revolution are are so much to blame for so much about the plight of Persian music, but. Um, all of that is also not an excuse for the way mm-hmm. things have to be either. There there are ways that Persian music remains dysfunctional beyond the oversized shadow of the revolution and censorship. And sometimes it's about ingrained behavior um, on the part of Iranians and even Iranian artists that perpetuate a system that has, um, with notable exceptions, left Iranian music sort of moribund uh, internationally. So... Part three of The Plight of Persian Music coming up with my guest Misak Moradi. And then uh, we'll talk more about this on the other side of uh, the interview with the chat with Misak. Uh, this is Conversations from to and about the Iranian diaspora. We're coming to you on rookmedia.com. It's there that you can link to all of our platforms. We're, we're on this ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, CastBox. So those are all our podcast platforms. If you don't subscribe to our podcasts, uh, do so uh, on any of those platforms. Uh, if you'd like to see visuals with Rook, uh, we put them up on our YouTube channel as we um, put the show out and also on Instagram. And if you like your Rook descriptions and bulletins in both English and Persian, check us out on Telegram. I mentioned rookmedia.com. That's the hub of all things we do. If you haven't checked that out, please do. It is our website where you can see programs like the Contemporary History of Iran, Unmarried Persian Girls, all the Rook episodes uh, and and outtakes, videos, funnies, guests, it's all there. Also, ways that you can support us and be a patron. If you do listen to our program with some regularity or any of our programs, it really helps us out if you become a regular patron. Five bucks a month, ten bucks a month uh, at rookmedia.com for more details on that. Monday on our show number 190, mm-hmm. uh, the great classical Iranian dancer Helia Bande, uh, who will be... Um, Interestingly, there's some parallels between the way dance has been treated yes. for women, especially yes. uh, in Iran, uh, as well as singing. And so she'll be in studio 
um, to talk about that and to talk about her illustrious career. Uh, I think she's based in Europe now and um, still doing workshops and performances around the world. Uh, really looking forward to her having her here and also Dr. Rosa Moradi, who mm-hmm. has a big following online. We'll uh, be looking forward to having her also in the Rook studio. It's a big Monday show. Why is it a big Monday show, Shia? Uh, because it's uh, four, July 4th. It is July 4th. <laughs> it is July 4th, and we are celebrating uh, on, on Monday on behalf of our American brothers and sisters. Uh, <laughs> happy uh, almost July 1st, uh, yes, Canada Day tomorrow, course. actually. Um, no, starting on Monday, it's July, we're going to move into our summer schedule, mm-hmm. and we're going to try something, which is big Monday shows. We throw it all at you on a Monday. A <laughs> couple of guests, a lot of banter, a lot of conversation, uh, hijinks, seriousness. It's all going to be in one show, and uh, only Mondays. We're, we won't be programming on Thursdays for July and August, so um, we'll be doing longer shows on Mondays, and mm-hmm. uh, you'll take, you can take the whole week, your summer week, to listen to uh, Rook shows on Mondays. Helia Bande, Dr. Rosa Moradi coming up this Monday, July 4th on Rook. All right, let's get to, uh, we'll see you on the other side of this, uh, Groovy Shia and Smart Pega. It's time for this new installment of a miniseries called The Plight of Persian Music Today, Part 3. So to recap, in our first episode in this series, we were joined by guitarist and producer Bavak Khiafchi, and we heard an informed perspective from someone involved in various aspects inside of the uh, Iranian music business and scene who has been in the diaspora outside of Iran for many years. On our second episode, we got a perspective on the same questions from someone who has lived it until very recently inside Iran. And we were joined by the well-known music journalist, critic, and author Amir Bahari. Today, for this part three of the plight of Persian music, we want to look specifically at the plight of female Iranian artists who've not just experienced the dysfunction and limits of the Persian music business that all Iranian artists suffer, but have had the added burden of repressing laws and cultural pressures that have made it almost impossible to to be able to perform in Iran in a lead singing role to wide audiences right up to the present. To speak about the role of women in building Persian contemporary music and the kinds of severe restrictions that have inhibited female artists since the Islamic Revolution is a recording artist and scholar who has studied these issues and lived them herself. Misar Moradi is a London-based singer of traditional Iranian music interested in keeping the tradition alive. She learned Persian vocal techniques through advanced Iranian avaz courses in all dasgahs under the supervision of maestro Hamid Reza Nurbakhsh for many years. She moved to the UK to pursue her education where she joined the Master of Music in Literature and Performance degree program at the University of London. She released her first album, her debut, Ahovane, just a couple of months ago. It's a rich and adventurous exploration of melodies and musical styles. We will hear something from that album coming up. But first, right now, Misar Moradi joins me from London, England today. Hello. Hello, Gian. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to have you on this program. And I I should say at the outset that I really want you to come back and just deal with you, the artist, with your new record, which I'm excited about. But today you have sort of a, a bigger task of also being an analyst and historian. I hope you're up for it. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes, I'd definitely I'd love to come back again as an um, artist and talk about my music. But today, yes, let's talk about that. 
female artists inside NASA, the country. So I, I kind of thought we would go through this um, somewhat chronologically, but I, I, in terms of what's happened over the last half century uh, and where that has left not just Persian artists, but for the sake of today's conversation, female Persian artists. Uh, but let me start by giving context uh, through asking you a couple of very general questions. Um, the first being, if I were to say, if I were to ask you very briefly to characterize what it is like to be a Persian female artist inside or outside of Iran today, what would you say? Uh, actually, it's, it's difficult. It is difficult to be a female artist inside and outside both because inside the country you have these um, difficulties dealing with um, state rules and all the limitations and um, all the bans and everything. And outside, uh, when you come, um, you move out of Iran and you need to deal with this real market, which is um, not very kind to uh, the artists, especially those who immigrated um, outside of their own countries. And they're not, like, actually, they are native artists in these countries like UK. It is difficult because the market is quite real and uh, it has its own characteristics and you need to deal with these characteristics and uh, there's, a, there's a great chance you might fail it and so it's it's difficult both right the, um, the, the, the word would be difficult it sounds like uh, the characterization yeah. and let me just you know I kind of feel like let's get this out of the way I mean to state the obvious uh, for folks who aren't familiar with this I, I know most Iranians around the world would know this but the most specific deterrent for female vocalists inside Iran today is that they literally cannot perform for male or mixed audiences unless they are part of a chorus. And we're going to get into the details of how all this happened after the, the revolution. But let me just ask you up front, is there actually a dictate within Islam that says women should not sing? Actually, um, in Islam, no. Actually, there's no mention in the text of Quran about the prohibition of women singing. It seems the state has its own uh, interpretation uh, and it seems to be more related to the policy of gender segregation rather than uh, the religion itself. Um, actually, um, according to the same um, beliefs, women's um, singing um, causes... Um, it's it's so funny, but it's it causes in their beliefs that it causes sexual arousal for in men. So um, and for this reason, they considered it to be forbidden. Right. Um, so for, so for, uh, for a non-Iranian or non-Muslim li listening, um, it, it isn't. It, 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 it doesn't lead off the Quran like just make sure the women don't sing, right? It's it's so sick, actually. You know, because I I don't know if a person. I actually I'm at least me. I don't know any man uh, who get in trouble with just listening to a woman voice. I, I don't know if 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 the, if you know anyone, but I don't know, and it doesn't look like. As I told you, it's all about. It seems it's all about this gender segregation because the ideal like a society in the eye of some. Religious government is to have a have a society 
in which uh, all the women and men are separated from each other in right. universities. I, I know um, sport clubs and um, uh, public transportations and every everywhere they need to be separated. So that's ideal, and I think this is the policy um, of that um, for that gender segregation, as I said. I've always thought these rules, by the way, just as a sidebar, um, they. I mean, they really look. Make, they, not only are they repressive towards women, but they make men look particularly stupid too. Like uh, men are exactly. apparently so helpless that um, exactly. upon hearing a female voice, they will not be able to contain themselves and ruin exactly. society. Right. So it's a, it's a um, obviously that it makes sense that that's a pretext rather than um, an actual text uh, from a, a religious book. Uh, these. Um, these confusing and repressive laws governing female artists and vocalists in Iran can lead to, to some really absurd circumstances. So again, before we get into the history of this, I know there's a story that you have about performing alongside a drunk man. I, I want you to actually tell it off, off the top so that we just, um, you know, just to hear about on at the ground level how ridiculous this can get. I mean, it's it's particularly sad, painful, and offensive as far as I'm concerned, This these laws. But, yes. but it also can be kind of silly. I mean, can you tell this story? Oh, yes, because, you know, Jean, uh, even in law, there's no like a, no legal provision uh, that um, criminalize uh, women. And there's it's not clarified that what is what, when is the uh, when uh, which are the red lines you shouldn't have to pass, you know. So it's all um, sometimes uh, it all depends on the interpretation of the person who is in that. For example, is it the sound engineer who's in the hall and um, from those laws and everything and regulations? So it might end up being to the story that I had. Uh, I, it was actually, we were pre- practicing for this concert for weeks. And uh, as you know, for uh, doing this um, concert for like a mixed audience of male and female audience. Sorry, this was uh, in Tehran, to, was it? In Tehran, okay. yes. It was okay. in, yes, it was in a venue in Tehran. And at least you have two uh, consonants, you need to have two consonants, okay? At least one of them needs to be a male one. Okay, so we practice for weeks for this concert. So sorry, if there's, a, if there's a singer, if there's a female singer, there has to at least be a, a, a male singer as well. Is yeah, that, okay. okay. We have just one lead female singer, okay? Mm-hmm. And then two consonants. And these two consonants, at least one of them needs to be a man. Okay. okay? It's already confusing, so, but yes. It, oh, yes, yeah, it go, is. Yes. At least three people on stage, oh, okay? Right, they sing right, it right, together, right. okay? Yeah. We had this concert and we were practicing. And, and, and two days before the concert, this um, male singer has been forced to our group to um, accompany us. And he was not a singer. Actually. You didn't know he was him. Not a professional singer. No, no. So let me just. So, um, so, so you you are hired to play a gig, or you're you've, yes. you've, you're you're planning an event, um, yes. and you have you're working with musicians, <laughs> presumably that you know, and you're pre- yes. you're preparing a repertoire, and and yes. the state somebody says you have to include this guy as well. No, Is- it was not state. It was those uh, those people who were in charge with that concert. Actually, I was looking for someone proper and um, some like a professional singer or something. And but they said we have we know one and we're going to introduce him to you. Okay. But it took time to introduce uh, introduce him to us, and it as actually two days before the concert, he's been introduced, and this. 
um, non-singer um, consonant one. Anyway, he came. So why um, did they introduce a non-singer? <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough he, that they're. No, he, he thought he is a singer. Okay, they thought okay. he is a singer. Right. But when when I am saying he was not a singer, that is, um, according to my standard standards, right, right, he was not right. a singer. <laughs> he thought he's a, he's a singer, and he thought he's he's a great one. And uh, yes, on the day of the concert, we were in backstage, and he arrived, and uh, uh, I, I saw him very, actually, very drunk. He was it just smells like alcohol and everything. And I was like, "What's going on?" He said, and it turned out that he he was quite nervous and he was stressed because he'd never had a chance to be on stage, or, or I don't know, it was not experienced enough. And he thought to himself that he might not be a bad idea it might be a good idea actually right. take some sh shots maybe just a few shots might help sure and yeah. uh yes uh, and and uh, he ended up being drunk we went on stage and we asked him to be uh, like as low by the way as just before you could. before you go on stage <laughs> <laughs> you're backstage with this guy who's drunk who you don't yeah. really know who you met two days earlier <laughs> Um, yeah. To go out and uh, this is not exactly what inspires confidence in a performer, right? Of course not. Right. Of course not. And he he was it was just like a, trying to be very friendly. It was saying, I don't know why such a beautiful woman like you needs such a person like me to sing with. And I said, okay, don't please just <laughs> right. don't ruin your voice. <laughs> just come along. Just <laughs> right, let's right, do it. Right, right. And yeah, we went on stage and uh, he promised to be as low as possible and uh, uh, the concert began. Uh, just after a few minutes, I saw some of my people between the audience that was just showing these signs that we cannot hear you. Your voice is cut. We mm. cannot hear you. They couldn't, meaning you. you. They can't hear you. Me and right. my female co oh right. consonants right. one. Right. And the only voice in the hall was my uh, drunk colleague, <laughs> out of tune. <laughs> oh my God, that was that was that was horrible. It was it was just like uh, by, by, by design, or, or or this was like the, just a bad sound guy. Why, why was that happening? It, because the the guy, the sound engineer in the um, back there, he thought that this lady, that I mean, which is me, is loud. So let's cut her mic off. Oh my god! Yes, they shut my microphone off, and then just the only the only singer <laughs> that was listened to was this drunk colleague of mine. And uh, yes, he was out of tune, totally out of tune, no control on the voice. And uh, we were just struggling to just do it. And, and which is like a, about one hour of torture for us on the stage and the audience down there. <laughs> and it was just like a disaster. It's it a nightmare. One of my... It's a nightmare. It I is mean, it's a, a nightmare. It, I mean, it's, it's a comedy, but mm -hmm. this is... I mean, to, to cut to the, just to segue into the more serious side of this, this is why uh, becoming an artist, becoming a vocalist, especially as a, as a woman in Iran, would be poo-pooed by parents for generations, right? Because this, yeah. is, this is the example. I mean, it, somebody who's as, as accomplished as you are 
has to go on mm-hmm. stage with a guy and and then we're just going to hear the guy and he's going to be drunk and he's going to be out of tune and i mean the whole thing just comes off as a joke um which exactly. i presume wouldn't be the case if you were working in a hospital or an engineering firm <laughs> yes exactly you know it's so insulting because you've been like a trained as a solist for years and now it's your time to go on stage and perform and um, and then you have to sing as a member of a group as a, just like a, it's not a choir uh, it's not a, it's not a, like a cappella style it's it's it's, it's mm. something something in between all of these that which doesn't work and but if you want to perform for mixed audience you have no choice but to choose and definitely um it's so disappointing um, when it, for example you ask your family members to come over and they in the hall and uh, they just listen to this um, drunk um non-singer out of tune what happened at the end did he did you ever see the guy again oh no never actually it was it was one of the last times i've uh, performed in iran Mm. in tehran um and after that there was another concert which didn't go on well and then yes i quit I said, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And it, it's kind of a, I mean, as we were just sort of intimating, it's kind of a double whammy, you too, because musicians, and particularly contemporary pop rock, hip hop musicians, have never really been appreciated. I mean, we've done a couple of episodes where um, through the ages and, and into the 20th mm-hmm. century, and even at the, the high sort of classical levels, uh, musicians have never really been considered high status uh, it hasn't been considered as a high status occupation so you you're already dealing with that and then you have this mm-hmm. added layer of being a female uh, as well can you exactly can you speak to that exactly the other day i was listening to that episode you you were interviewing uh, mr gorbani ali reza gorbani and he was telling you that since he was young and he was um, he's always receiving this um uh, compliments and his family members and friends are uh, encouraging him to go on with the singing and um, be a singer. Uh, for me, it was exactly opposite, actually, mm. not just for me, for many of the female singers, because, and you cannot blame the families and friends around you because there's, you know, and they know that there's no future for this job. It's really difficult to go on with no future for years and years. You 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 insist to learn something, and uh, you love something to do, but um, you know that there's there's not going to be any income out of it. You, there's not going to be, and worse than that, you might be sentenced to jail. Right, you might right. be in trouble, right. and so yeah, all this all the women who are doing this, they're doing it just just for love. They're doing it with, uh, I mean, with all these barriers, it's, it's um, one's appreciation for um, a female artist. It's the same as the way I feel about um, uh, young women who are pursuing dance inside Iran, for example. I mean, you just, you just think it's incredibly brave, uh, especially the new generation. And let, let's get to that because I want to ask you about how you see things changing, particularly in the, in the internet age in the last 20 years. But take, Take me back, first of all, take us back to the mid 20th century and the um, the final two decades, say, before the revolution. You know, the 60s mm-hmm. and certainly the 70s, we've talked about this on this series, are, are mm-hmm. seen as a, a heyday of Persian popular music. You know, there was the support of Faradi Ba, there was this exactly. growing industry. Would you say those were good days for female vocalists and artists as well? Or when we talk about heyday, are we talking about male artists? 
No, it was it, definitely it was it was brilliant. It's a golden age for for female artists. Before that, for example, in like um, we always mention Kamarul Muluk Vaziri as an iconic figure in Iranian avars. But when you listen to the memories of like um, from from those male artists from that era, um, they appreciate her. But at the same time, she has no chance to have like a happy family mm. uh, experience, for example. Um, but after like a from 1960s and 70s um, in Iran, because the the years from 1963 to 1977 were the most economically successful years for Iran. Mm. During this um, period of economic prosperity, the Pahlavi began to invest on cultural projects and activities. What we know as um, the golden years, it's those years, it's because of those economic prosperity. And right. uh, definitely for female artists, that was the best years of working, I believe. The Iranian government actually, at that in that period, saw female singers, in fact, as cultural ambassadors for the country who, yes. were, who were sent to tour internationally. Tell, tell me a bit about that, and how far did that go? As far as I know, for example, Parvane, I know the Parvane used to be sent to the other countries to do concerts, and Gugush, uh, for example, Hayade, uh, they used to be sent to the other countries to do these concerts. For, I think Gugush traveled to Afghanistan in 1974. She performed on Ghazi Stadium to celebrate the Republic Day in Afghanistan. Mm. And uh, she began working with this uh, Jalil Zoland and Zoland family. And as we know, the Farid Zoland, the Jalil's um, son, as he's, he's quite a famous um, Afghanistani um, musician. And uh, yes, it was, it was really, really um, successful. And um, we should admit that these um, young female singers are very good ambassadors. They, they perform really good. They beautiful, they're attractive, and uh, uh, they're good. They are really, they, they can be really good uh, ambassadors being sent to the other countries. I mean, we should just point out that, that, that so the dynamic here is um, not only are women singers not being shamed uh, and or disallowed from performing, but they are being held up as um, at this point as examples of the best that Iranians uh, uh, can do, you know, and, 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 and sent around the world. Who, who are the big female names? I guess we all know Gugush. Um, who would you characterize as at the top of their game in this golden era in the 60s and 70s? Uh, well, definitely Gugush is those on the top of the list. She, she's, she's, she's something else. I don't know. She's, she's a legend. Mm. Gugush, Hayade, we have Hayade and those years, which is so iconic. And uh, in traditional music, we have Parisa, we have Hengame Akavan. On those genres, we know it as like a national music. Um, uh, we might, can uh, say, um, Marzier, Del Cash, but these are the generation before the Gugush and the others. Right. Um, and um, uh, Elahe, for example, she was quite good. Puran, um, she was brilliant. And yes, these singers in different genres, they were just um, brilliant. Misak, how did national radio and TV programs like Golha and Rangarang help create a, a platform for a Persian star system that would include female artists? Um, actually, on, on Rangarang show, 
um, introduced um, many uh, female artists in that period of time. Um, Gugush used to host that program, if I'm if I'm right, and uh, Nelly, for example, performed there I think for the first time. And Hayade used to perform there, Mahasti performed there, and many, many great names. For years they were doing it. And on Golha, it was quite brilliant because there was like an orchestra and um, this orchestra is always ready and it's a great um, classic platform um, available for these musicians and these musicians are being paid mm. and uh, being paid means that you know, they, they don't need to be worried about um, the income and uh, this like a, makes them more relaxed so they can continue with their art and um, great names like um, Tajvidi, Ali Tajvidi is to work with and those um, brilliant names like um, Elahe, uh, like um, Marzia used to sing in Golha, Elahe used to sing in Golha, Homeira used to sing there. There was a very, very good platforms, which has been removed actually to, after the revolution. Yeah, so let's get to the revolution um, and Let's um, not to get to the revolution. <laughs> yeah, well, it's inevitable. <laughs> I mean, because it's the reverberations of the revolution that impact everything that um, leads to this series. I mean, the the you know the the dysfunction, the broken nature of of the Persian music industry that and and whether it's tried to rebuild it or or not in different ways globally. Um, all sort of comes back to this. I mean, we've done so many episodes on this program, you know, even mm -hmm. um, interviewing someone like Farmaz Aslani, who has his first mm -hmm. album come out in 1978, just before everything. And he's, CBS Records is there, and he's at the, you know, he's at, on the precipice of, of big things that are happening, um, 77, 78, with big things that are happening in Iran uh, for yeah. musicians. What were the first signs I don't know if this is a fair question to ask if you, if you can even answer it but what were the first signs that things were really going to change for female artists Jen uh, revolution ha happened on 1979 and earned 1980 with uh, Ayatollah uh chess um, music uh, chess and music and I think eating caviar or something like that was banned Okay, and it took about nine years uh, until 1989 that Ayatollah Khomeini's new fatwa unbanned the music. Yeah. And um, so, but, in, the, in the beginning, it has no gender. It's it's just music is gone completely. At the beginning, it was silence. Right. Yes, all genres, all musicians uh, were silent. Uh, some of them just immigrated to the other countries they just most of them the pop musicians um, specifically they just um, ended up uh, with LA mm -hmm. uh, Los Angeles uh, United States and uh, and those who remained they kept silence the female artists of course and the male artists at the beginning of the, the beginning years after the re revolution they were just uh, doing it like a underground music um, but by underground music, I don't mean this, those rock musicians or yeah. jazz musicians. Yeah. No, I mean the Iranian traditional musicians right, like right. Mahmoud Reza Lotfi, like Hossein Alizadeh, like Mahmoud Reza Shajarian. They're doing it um, like underground productions and uh, they're trying to to just cope with the new so, conditions. So and everything. hang on a second. Let me take you three steps back. Um, 
Uh, first of all, uh, I know I should I, I know the answer to these things at this point, but but the prohibition of chess and music. I the music is we, we're not we're not to be aroused. Uh, what what is what is what what's wrong with chess? What is the just that somebody might be having a a moment of enjoying life? What what is the problem with chess? <laughs> In some interpretation, I, I don't know about that exactly, to be honest, but oh. in some interpretation of uh, uh, like, um, they say that uh, chess makes a person think and thinking makes a person, leads a person to doubt. And we don't need um, in people. Thinking. people. Yeah. <laughs> thinking, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's year zero. It yeah. makes sense, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it does. I mean, in, in terms of turning people into... A sheep for a revolution. Yeah, it, it does kind of. Uh, what what is the what was the official line on why, in as much as you can articulate it, on why music was disallowed for those first years? Okay, there's there's another meaning of music music for some of this um like um fundamental um I know. What, what shall I, I, I'm trying not to use those words, but um, in, they, they say it's Ghana. Ghana means uh, a music or anything that um, persuade a person or provoke people to get out of themselves or do something which is not proper mm. or get uh, affected by that. Mm. And music, uh, like wine, like the other things, is one of those... Um, temptation. Uh, I don't know, for temptations, mm, yes. Mm. So, yes, that's why music has been banned. And, and there were some kinds of music still that were allowed, right? Like military uh, anthems or something? or, or Yes, yeah. yes, military anthems and suruds. Uh, but at the beginning, it was even those suruds were not accompanied by instruments. It was just like a, a group of uh, singers. They were singing together tastelessly and uh, yes and then I think they just uh, found out about the necessity of music I don't know how hmm. uh, and yes it's been unbanned in 1989 so um, you talked about after the revolution that the the female artists that stay in Iran I mean it's a pretty obvious one uh, at this point um, even just based on this conversation that you that you know they have to go underground they have to stop performing they have to stop thinking <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. this mass migration of pop and western classical female singers that um that leave iran uh at mm -hmm. that moment and some uh I i'm curious you, you know um how do you believe that they are impacted in other words even though they have the freedom that they might be in la um mm -hmm. how are they impacted by the the laws that come in in Iran that 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 and the divorce from any kind of having any kind of music industry uh, in existence back home. Jen, for those if you if you compare the the music pop music product um, on the last year before the revolution to what was what used to be produced on on those beginning years of um, after they they just immigrated to USA for example if you compare them you'll find out it was just like a, we see this um, like a, I don't know um, decline of um, uh, these um, productions because you know. Some of them they stayed. Some some um, uh, lyric uh, or uh, poets they stayed inside the borders, 
uh, some uh, musicians they Im immigrated and it took it took years for them to get together and they could maybe produce some all those years there was just like some um, most of the productions just like this upbeat um like a very light pop music um, um songs for just um i don't know um, and you cannot blame them for that because yes. you know yeah. they just they just knew in the new land most of them they just they are professional musicians for years they used to be musicians and they have no other skills and they have lives to live they have families to feed and yeah. they have no choice but to accept going to perform in birthday parties and wedding parties and on those parties no one is looking for some pieces like what um Gugush used to sing in iran or darius used to sing before right, the right, revolution right. but but they even with that even with life. that even in the 80s and and the growth of the the beginnings of the growth of that la uh, iranian sound etc i can't think off the top of my head of a lot of, I mean, I can think of some in the '90s and then thereafter, but I can't think of a lot of female artists who are part of that. That 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 is gen begins mostly male, does it not? In in Los Angeles, uh, Jen, I'm, I'm, I was quite young in those um, years. I'm, <laughs> How I'm, dare I'm, you? I'm, no, How dare just... you not have firsthand <laughs> knowledge of what happened in Los Angeles in the '80s? <laughs> no, 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 but. Yes, because I, I remember for the first years after the revolution, I remember this uh, from an interview with Leila Furuhar, for example. Mm. She was in Iran, still in Iran. Gugush, for Gugush example. Gugush was in Iran. She, yeah. had the, yeah. she couldn't find the chance to yeah. immigrate. And uh, they left behind. And uh, definitely for many, it was more, more actually, um, they, they're more capable for immigrate. Uh, and uh, yes, um, they stayed. And I, I think they more male let me think oh. maybe we come back to that maybe we come back to that yeah, let me let, yeah. let me ask you about what's happening in Iran because you've talked about this um Khomeini's dictate I mean Khomeini dies in 1989 and, and music is unbanned but mm -hmm. but not all music and not I mean it's not unbanned for female artists right what what is mm -hmm. as we enter the 1990s what are the rules for female artists inside the country yes in 1990s, actually, un, uh, still the, the female artists and the female singers um, who used to be inside the borders, they used to just teach at home. They used to some of them they're just doing the, some research and stuff. And uh, so at the beginning of like a 90s, they just uh, by beginning of the 90s, that just uh, they began to do some private concerts at home. And on 1996, the first concert was held with the permission of like our Ministry of uh, Culture mm. by Mrs. Pari Maliki. She was the first uh, female singer who's got the permission to perform for the mixed audience in a sport club somewhere near to the Tajish Square. So sorry, in the she's... 1990s, females can perform, but for, for female only audiences, right? Until this one you're talking about? Can yes, they, yeah. yes, okay. so, yeah, more or less, yeah, just, yeah, some, some of them, they could do that, but not all of them were not happy with it. For example, Parisa, Maestro Parisa, she was not happy with these rules. She was saying, why my male colleagues, they can perform, why not me? Mm. So she never performed for just female audience, mm. but um, some others, they've done it. But for mixed audience, as I said, it, it happened on 1996. Actually, even seven, uh, yes, yeah, seven years after this, unbanning the music um, in Iran, 
And uh, yes, it was it was just like that. And, and needless to say, back to this question of dysfunction. I mean, how how many women in Iran through the eighties and nineties can make a career in music? I I think I need to say none, because mm. those who were just performing in those ages, it was just like uh, they were just those generation from before revolution. You know, they began their career before the revolution. After the revolution, it was not a great chance to be successful in those uh, years because uh, for, for being successful, you need to be known. Yeah. How many concerts a year can a young um, female artist um, can do under on, on those you know, conditions and, and everything, uh, and these laws and everything? Um, how many of them had a chance to do it? How many yeah. concerts a year they could do? They could and they, they could do. They couldn't do any records. It's important, you know, because we are, we're talking about the pre-internet era, and uh, they were not allowed to do records. The studios, if they, if the states find out that some studios they're doing records wow. from uh, the female artists, there they might be plumped. They might be um, closed, and wow. uh, they might be. So what? Um, and, and they couldn't say, "I'm oh, I'm making this from my family." or my friends or something like that um, under the cover no no not not if, if they found out oh just no no wow. you don't want to do it. still still I, I I've done some records in Iran and uh, I couldn't because you know when you go to the studio you go to some footages for like this backstage and like um, they're putting on your Instagram mm. page and everything but uh, I was not there enough to do that because I knew that my the, the, the gentlemen or the, the, my colleagues in the studio were not quite happy with that because it, it put them in a risk, you know. Wow. Still, right. it's still yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm gonna before the end of this this chat, I'm I'm gonna ask you about to give a big picture on on how all of this has impacted. Persian music and and the the Persian music quote unquote industry and as much as we can, you can call it that but but just to reset for a second here just to, based on what we're talking about it, it, it's still shocking to me I don't I don't want it to ever stop being shocking that for two decades th there there was an iron clamp down on artists or musical artists doing their thing it, it you know when you look at the international marketplace. And you wonder where Iran is, you know, where the Iranian artists are, where the Iranian singers are, and then you think, you know, it's like um, running a running a relay race uh, with your legs tied. You know, I mean, it's it's just it's just impossible. You know, mm -hmm. based on it, it is so profoundly sad to me. It really mm -hmm. is. I never get over the sadness of just just sitting in this moment, thinking about this, hearing about this, and I and yes. I, I don't think it should ever be normal to hear about this because because it is just breathtakingly sad we are going to mm -hmm. stop you from doing your craft that an intrinsic and important part of what culture is <laughs> you know let alone expression <laughs> we are going to stop that for two decades we're going to yes. retard the growth of that it is just it is sad uh, and yeah. Gian, we need to consider that at least about like a 10 years of the beginning of it is people are involved with war right but but um yes these bands and these um, like a um, restriction it's just like it's it's so sad it is sad and when you know that how how um, capable uh, iranian musicians are and how capable composers and singers and the techniques and they have they have 
when you know that, it's really, really, it makes it even more sad. But you know, but, but you don't even stopped. you don't even find out how many are capable or how many are talented because most of them will never even go into the field because there there isn't a field to go into. I mean, you know, it's it's. <laughs> you no. know, if you, yeah, you imagine, might you might have the I, I potential was... to be the best soccer player in the world, but if there's no um, field to play on, there's you you know you you go and become an engineer, right? I mean, it's uh, there's exactly. no choice. Exactly, 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 exactly. And it, I, I am from like an elite family. They my, my family members which are quite just so supportive. But even me, um, at the beginning of those years that I, I said, okay, I want to be a singer. I'm just going to uh, blend this singing styles and everything. Um, even my family, they're just saying, why do you do that? It's a waste of time. You have no chance. Between all those people around me, just maybe just one, we had like a, a family friend of ours. She, because she used to sing, she was like the same age as my mom. She just told me, don't, please don't stop learning. Go, go on and do whatever you want. Because maybe in some points, doors are open. You need to be ready for that moment. Mm. Just don't stop. Don't listen to them. Don't let them make you disappointed. Go on, go on. And she was the only one at the beginning. Just as I told you, it was uh, um, it was exactly the opposite for me as a female yes, singer. Yes. Uh, Mr. Ali Rizagorbanis, for example, yes. his experience is quite different and, and you know, and you need platforms you know it's it's uh, it's not a joke so and, post khatami this is after mm -hmm. 1997 um mm -hmm. you were there i mean things began mm -hmm. to famously open up and mixed audiences become to sort of become the norm yes. again how, how do you how do you assess that time for female artists bleeding into the two two thousands it's got better, more or less. But for example, because I remember, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what year was it. But for example, Daria Dadvar, she travelled to Iran to do this opera with uh, Mr. Luris Chaknavarian, and uh, it was a chance to hear a female um, voice on stage because they were just actually sort of like uh, they talked to each other and they just uh, all the group they decided to lower their voice and so the Daria could be heard in the hall but she could do it for just one night all the the, the next nights were cancelled after that um, because um, the, the, some people outside they, they, they found out that something's going on in this <laughs> venue mm. and uh, the next night's uh, concert were cancelled um, but Khatami's um, presidency was it, was it was it was a good chance actually, it was a more or less but still performing for mixed audience as it's though those silly conditions as I told you. Before. Yes, but I, first of all, two steps back. I mean, how much? Um, you know, I was telling you earlier. I've talked about this before on the show. But I did I did this interview in two thousand three with Ariane Band, and and mm -hmm. you know they sort of famously were touted yeah. as this band that had a mixed it was co-ed you know although yes. the two lead guys were men and then the, yeah. the females would with hijabs sort of stand behind them and sing the or alongside yeah. but sing sing sort of backup parts uh, yeah um how much did the possibility of performing alongside men um at least being able to perform now you know for mixed audiences how much did that change things for women singers in iran i did does that create a noticeable new opportunity where, you know, more young girls go, okay, I can go into this field or does it really have that kind of impact? 
I don't think so. It is actually it is inspiring, but I um, I think internet has um, more effective bigger, was more yeah, effective yeah. rather than these these like a um, very um, uh, restricted like a, these these sort of permissions going on a stage. But it it was much better. The the colder conditions were just um, they were changing because I remember before that. Uh, there was some like a tapes um, coming out of those private concerts from female artists being copied and um, privately at homes. I remember we had one of those Sima Bina's concert mm. in Tehran. I don't know if it was like permitted or not, but I remember, uh, for example, one of those tapes. Um, but after that, it was just yeah, it helped a bit to normalize. At least in that, in the, because for a long time, Iranians didn't see any female artists on stage. And it was just like a sort of like a, it helped a bit to normalize um, their uh, presence on stage. I, I cannot say it was just like a, a very strong, um, like a, I don't know what it is, it's quite very inspiring. No. Still, they were struggling. The female artists. Can, can, can I ask you a stupid time. question? It, when the, yeah, the this is a kid who didn't grow up in Iran. Question: <laughs> um, Post revolution. So, if when the female artist gets to sing to the female audience, gets to be a lead singer, they still have to wear hijab and everything. Oh no no no! Okay. And those and those events, hold the hall will be um, um, like a, a, we were managed by the female staffs and uh, female sound engineer, female light engineer, female musicians, female audience, female singer, and uh, the singer can sing solo. And uh, that's the only chance you can sing. Uh, and they can take off the hijab and, and, and oh yes, okay. yes, okay. they dance oh. and they yeah, yeah. So, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's like a normal concert. Okay, okay. Yes, so like as, long as, men, <laughs> <laughs> as long as the as long as the men are kept away from temptation, yeah. Uh, it's about yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are the problem. <laughs> uh, let me let me ask you about today. Um, you're now. You've just put out this record, and we'll talk about it in a second. But you're you're in the UK, but I, obviously you're still in touch with what's happening in Iranian music. And we've talked about how the internet has changed things. The laws haven't necessarily changed in Iran, but the defiance of them <laughs> has changed. <laughs> I, I I keep seeing the you know on Instagram or or in, in different places on the uh, online. I'll I'll see. A really cool young female artist with dyed hair and an angular haircut, and yes. you know, performing a, <laughs> you know, on a keyboard and singing something, and and I'll go, oh, um, where, where does that person live? Are they in London or something? And they'll, no, she's in Esfahan, and I'll think, yes. wow, how is that happening? I mean, this is. This is this brave new cohort that seemed to be just um, laws be damned. We're going to do our thing and export it online to the world. Is that is that what's happening? Tell tell me a bit about that. Yes, yeah, I love them. This beautiful new generation. They they they're beautiful and they're brave. 
Yeah, and you know, another good thing, I'll talk about it later after this, but before that, because you said you talked about law, maybe it's might, it might be interesting to know that in law, there's no legal provision that um, criminalizes the women singing, you know. In courts, most of these female singers um, are convicted um, actually of sort of like a corruption, because women singing is not banned in the law in Iran. I don't understand. Um, so how did they enforce it? They, the state, they, they believe that these are more just like a restraining sentence as well as criminal ones. Mm. And so they do it to stop them being this, like, a, as, as I said, they, this, this top uh, corruption, they call it. <laughs> but yes, but, but on, on, on 19, um, 1980s and 90s, uh, even on 1990s, um, these female artists uh, didn't have the support of their male colleagues, their male artists. But these new generation, they have the support of them because you, you see them, they're sitting next Next to each other, a boy and a girl, a young boy and a young girl, they're yeah, just performing yeah. together. They're just doing it and they know they might be on risk, but uh, they do it. And, and, and these support from the male colleagues, the, the male musicians, it's, it's a huge help that my generation at least was not lucky enough. I, I don't know about now, it's, it's, everything's changing, but uh, it, but those poor um, uh, female artists, female singers on the 80s, for example, they never had a chance of being supported by their male colleagues. And it, this is really important. This is really, really important. Mm. Um, I've seen a videos got viral. I don't know, it happened somewhere in Kashan or somewhere. A young male uh, musician, he came on, on stage and said, um, sorry guys, he's talking to the audience. Uh, sorry guys, we need to cancel tonight's show because they didn't let our, our female uh, colleague to come on stage. So we're gonna cancel this uh, show. Mm. Compare it to few years before that, for example, Salar Agali, he's quite famous, the singer supported by governors and everything. And he went on stage without his, his musician, um, who is his wife as well, Harrier, and, uh, because they didn't let Harrier go on stage. He left Harry behind and he, got, he went on stage and he done the show. What do you attribute this to? I mean, these, so this is young men, artists, sort of undoing patriarchy to a certain extent mm -hmm. um, in Iran, despite a state that would reinforce uh, that, that patriarchy. What do you attribute this, this um, refreshing trend to? I think this it's some somehow it might be related to uh, we need to appreciate they i think some they have support of their parents now we have there's a generation who um, who are burned in like a 1970s they are parents now in iran 1970s 1980s early 1980s their parents in iran and yeah. these kids are their children they just like a last generation and uh they have this. They have the support of their family, and um, I think they don't. I'm sorry, to say that, but it's the best way of saying that they don't give a damn. You know, mm. they just they don't care. 
it's it's even cool for them for, for us for example being captured by um by gashter shot was just like a disaster at home you know um but for them the, the parents is just like i make it like it's all fun it's not fun of course it's not fun but it's got they eased it for them and just uh it's easier to uh handle to cope with these um unfair rules uh, because i think they changed and internet helped a lot to change them and um yeah thanks to internet it's all everything is it's it's about to get better and better can't believe you used the word damn but okay I mean, <laughs> sorry i'm oh. sorry <laughs> I no, said it. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being sarcastic <laughs> i think that was a, probably the most genial way you could have said it, uh, it was, you're so elegant uh let, let me try and now i mean before i let you go so zoom out on this i mean as we the the series is called the plight of persian music for a reason plight does not uh, denotes that you know there's issues there's tr struggles uh from your perspective and notwithstanding what you've just said about how in inspiring it is to see some young you know musician online let, let's not forget that most of them can't possibly monetize that if they're sitting in iran they're they're not mm -hmm. it's going to be incredibly taxing to try and create a career out of that mm -hmm. right for if you're still mm -hmm. in iran uh how broken is the persian pop music industry today in your view how much needs to change for iranian artists iranian female artists to be on a level international playing field with say turkish artists or lebanese or french or italian artists okay Jen, um in terms of like being an artist today like a pop artist comparing to those who used to be known as pop artists like a, singers that we know them as like a qualified singers um Unfortunately, I should have said that, mm, that there's this some some of the new pop singers. I'm talking about singers mainly because um, sure. they they're not qualified enough male singers, especially male singers inside the country. Because because it, it because after years of uh, music being removed for, from education at schools, the ears of uh, Iranian ears has got like a um, sort of like a strange with um, uh, uh, with music, and they right, they right. cannot uh, they cannot refine uh, tuned from untuned uh, uh, music. So I see the videos coming out these days um, from inside Iran that, that there's like a male uh, pop singer on stage, and he's just uh, singing off tune, and uh, it's just people they they just they just applauding they're receiving applause. They're just um, screaming, and it, no one can find out this guy on stage is, is, is off tune. It's an incredible it's, point. It's, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but it is, I just want to underscore what you're saying. It's an incredible point. I, it is such yeah. a profound point that you're making, which is that Iranians in Iran listen differently they, they they hear something differently because they're not used to hearing the quality the young folks if and and you're absolutely right there there'll be some confounding moment where you'll see them applauding something that on an international stage would get nowhere near uh yeah. stardom right and, and and it's kind of uh it's a wild form of 
cultural socialization where you 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 actually listen differently you have different ears uh what exactly, you're saying exactly exactly um and for example compare it just i'm just i'm just trying to just give it like a brief um uh, like a take a look at like what what was going on between like a 1967 to 1977 mm. uh, about the um, uh, which was running um, sure. inside the country right. okay it was just like um it was it's a very good opportunity for interact with international artists and international musicians and you need to be and and gradually Iranian musicians they were learning how to um, actually act in a class of um, international musicians um, but after the revolution they just made up this um, Faj festival it was just like a pale copy of that Jashna um, mm-hmm. is trying to be mm-hmm. something like that but after years of um, not having those events it's it's not working properly. Um, on that time, on this festival, like Jashnahon Ar Shiraz, is that they're this, um, held regularly. Imagine those big events are regularly are going on stage, and you have good musicians at TV. You see the like um, on the Rangarang show, for example. Music is being teaching um, at schools, and uh, it's everywhere. Good music, good music mm. is everywhere. And compare it to after the food for like about twenty, about ten years, it's been totally banned. And after that, female artists are not allowed to perform and everything everything is going up actually art and music is not a priority for yeah, yeah. the state okay yeah. and when it is not um how how the people are how people are going to find the good music how can listen to good music it's it's all banned actually some of these pop new generation of pop uh, male artists um who are producing inside the inside the inside the borders that it is mainly they they voices been tuned by this um, melodyne and right. auto tune yeah. and these yeah. new to yeah um, um new technologies yeah. and when it comes to the, the, the live concert oh my god and in absence of cabarets, yes. I'm laughing because I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. An Iranian artist in Toronto, you know, not in mm-hmm. Iran, right? In Toronto, in Sydney, mm-hmm. in, in London, is going mm-hmm. to necessarily be of less quality because they haven't come up with the same pedigree. They're still listening to stuff that's coming from a from a place that isn't the the quality of of you know Western popular music or something like that. No, Jean. I think when I compare the the actually the musicians outside of uh, Iran to, uh, I'm not talking about all of the musicians inside the country. Definitely, I'm talking about those pop musicians that just like are being figured for by. Some um, some like um, some companies yeah. these days now yeah. on stages this here out of the out of the country see in um, in, in diaspora um, if you're not uh, good enough because the market is real you know um, it's no joke there's no you don't have like a, one of the, you don't have those um, uh, sponsors that you might have in in inside Iran and um, I know I. No, they're not that bad. Let's say that. No, <laughs> okay. they're good. No, they're good. No, they're good. Jean, because of 
I see them. Some some of them, yes, they're not good. I don't know what I don't want to name them. I don't want to name them. Okay, but, I, if um, we're big, if we're gonna be rook, okay. Like uh, again, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, no. I mean, no, no. Really, though. Again, like uh, disclaimer: we're not talking about everybody. There are incredible talents in in Persian music in L.A., in Toronto, everywhere. There's incredible musicians. There's incredible singers. There's people who are. But how many times do you do you hear at, at an Iranian gig or something? You know, and they go, "Oh, that sounds terrible," and the person will go, "Well, it's an Iranian sound guy. It's not a." It's not a guy who grew up in mm. the West, you know. I mean, there's there's an expectation that it's not yes. going to be as good, you know. Wow, that drummer he, is great. He grew up in Boston, even though he's Iranian, you know. I mean, there's a yeah. there, there, you know. I mean, that's what I'm talking about, and I and I know that that might piss some people off, but I think that that's I think that's self evident to a certain extent. It's just okay, you know. okay. So we can, maybe I want to talk about some other things as well. But yeah, you know, there's a problem. There's some female artists. Um, I'm talking about just female singers, okay? Sure, Let's t- sure. be more focused on them. Inside the borders, they have no chance to perform on stages. They have no chance to do records and everything, okay? Some of them, some of them are promised that if they move out of the country, um, they might have a chance to perform, to have, be, be free, be, be, be a singer, and mm-hmm. what they can do whatever they want, okay? And those, there are some, like, uh, some people are taking advantages of them, it seems, because they're quite young, these ladies, and uh, they don't have enough money to produce for themselves. Uh, they, um, and some of them, just, they just, they are not even good singers, because back in Iran, they didn't have a chance yes, to be like this. Yes. They just, yeah, they have a beautiful face. I'm not blaming them. I'm not blaming them. The, the, you know, the the Cuban hockey team is not as good as the Canadian one because they don't get to play on on rinks with the same kind of standards. I mean, it's a, exactly. that's just the way it works, right? And so, exactly. um, if you don't have those opportunities and you don't, I mean, isn't that part of the dysfunction? Isn't that part of the problem? It is a part of problem. It is a part of problem. Okay, compare it to the the the, 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 the generation before the revolu- before the revolution. Homera, for example, Haida, for example, has been introduced to the society by Mr. Tajvidi. Okay, he was a genius musician who was looking for the real talents. But these guys are just looking for some like our puppets to go on stage and do some mm. dance and stuff. And they not in these in these young ladies are not trained enough. They didn't have they didn't have fine fine time to be trained. They, and these are mm, I don't know if, how do I call them? But those who are taking advantage of them, they just don't even spend money. They don't even um, invest on them. For years, Tajvidi was working with Hayade, and then he introduced her to the society. Mm. For years, Mahamaruza Shajarian was taking Homayun Shajarian on stage as just like a tombak player. Then he introduced him to the society. That's what real musicians, the, the, they do it when the, they want to introduce a new uh, figure, a new face to the society. But this market is all about just like a... F- View like a upbeat um, for dancing and parties, and, and then some of some of these young female artists are might be talented, but talent is not enough. You know, you need to be trained, you need to be um, taught, you need to learn, and then go on stage. It, it takes time. 
yes, that's that's a part of this um, actually um, abnormal <laughs> what's going on inside and outside Iran. And but, but yes, comparing to the other musicians from other countries, because they had the chance to begin since they they're quite young. For example, here in the UK, you know that since the day they kids yeah. are at school, like four years old, they began playing music. It's a part of the uh, education programs till they at uh, universities. You know, they just go. They 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 grow with music. They um, it's 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 something that you cannot take it away from them. It's a it's a necessity. You see, you see, I but, got you. I got you. I got you all charged up. You start. Yeah. You started so calm. <laughs> you started so so orderly, and you now you know. Now you're all charged rock. up. Oh my god, you made me rock. <laughs> uh, listen, I I am so grateful. I know I can't keep you forever. I'm so grateful for the time you've given us, for the analysis, for the insights. Really, really, it's been an, a, a most interesting conversation that I think will inspire a lot of other conversations. Um, and um, I, I I'm very eager to hear the comments. Uh, um, you can email us at info at rookmedia.com or, of course, post on our platforms. Um, uh, Misa, I, I would be remiss if I let you go without asking you a little bit. Uh, let, let me just, as a final question, uh, okay. uh, tell me about your new album and how it feels to be birthing um, this this uh, this record and, and what you wanted to accomplish with it. We are going to play a song going out from your new record. And, and, um, and of course, as I said earlier, I would love to have you back on to, to talk about uh, you, you as an artist and maybe even to have you perform. But, but in the meantime, give us a little uh, sneak uh, teaser of that conversation and tell us about this record. Okay, I've I've done it. I actually, it takes about like a, a one year and a half uh, doing those records, and uh, uh, I worked with several different brilliant. I was quite lucky uh, to work with them. These these artists, um, male and female artists, of course, and uh, uh, the album named Ahuane. I am actually on the on the audio um, part. I was. Uh, accompanied and helped by male, ma mainly male artists, like great musicians. I have Mama Talani, I had uh, Yahya Alkhansa mm. on drums. I had a uh, great chance to work with Ehsan Bayraktar, Musa Namju and the other names. And uh, um, but on the, on the um, uh, like a visual part, um, I had a great chance to work with female artists, quite talented ones. And I'm so proud with working with them, working with them, because um, it's just they're quite talented and they just they just so inspiring. And uh, yes, that's my album, my first album. And now at the moment, I'm working on my second one. And uh, yes, they it comes up. I know I, I can I can I can give you time, but yeah, it will come up. I don't know in future. <laughs> I hope we get to see you on tour before too long. Oh. Thank you, Jen. Yeah, sure. I hope so. Yes. Bring and, some of those um, superstars with you. You got the yeah, yeah on the drums, and you got. I mean, this is a. Uh, oh, that's definitely. A, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, Misak Moradi, I thank you so much for this to be continued. Merci, and um, um, once again, your your wisdom has been really appreciated today. Thank you very much, Jan, for having me. It was a great chat, and thank you again. Khodafiz. Khodafiz. Misar Moradi, an academic 
and a London-based vocal performer of traditional Iranian music interested in keeping that tradition alive. She released her debut album this year entitled Ahovane, and we reached Misal in London, England today. <laughs> taste of the new album, the debut album by Misak Moradi and her fabulous uh, musical friends. Keham Chenin is the name of that song. Uh, once again, Misak Moradi joined us from London, England, and I am rejoined. Microphone's back on for Smart Pega and Groovy Shia in the Rook studio. Um, lots to chew on with that, uh, with that mm-hmm. conversation. Pega, let me go to you first. I know you've done some research in this field. What did you think of... Um, where do I want to start? Maybe with what did you think of Misal's explanation that there's actually nothing in the Quran, yeah. in the Quran, that says women are not supposed mm-hmm. to sing? I actually, I really enjoyed that part specifically. Um, and I think in general, um, Islam is being used as a pretext. So it's clearly not something written in the scripture, but more so, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? An interpretation of it um, to use to further an agenda. Um, And I think one of the things to note is that aside from that religious connection, um, the post-revolution government, they also viewed the music scene of the Pahlavi era as corrupt. So I think that's another reason why they really wanted to push this agenda of banning, you know. Popular music too too identified with Pahlavi era. Exactly. Better ban it Mm -hmm. and say that it's because of Islam. Yes. (laughs) Right, right. And when you talk about that agenda, uh, Misak's point was the agenda is basically um, gender division. Mm-hmm. That gender segregation. Segregation, yeah. yeah. Um, Shia, yes. on that point? Um, actually, that's right. In, in Quran, you cannot find anything against like uh, female singing and uh, not anything against music. I mean, <laughs> I guess if I were to, uh, you know, I keep coming back to this, but I, I think it's really important. How, how should we understand... Khomeini's post-revolution dictates about this kind of stuff because it just feels so crazy. I mean, unless mm-hmm. you were in Iran and consuming this each day and you kind of, it's become such an expectation. Like I said in the interview, I I want to remain shocked by this, mm-hmm. right? I want yeah. to, I don't want to feel like I'm normalizing this by going, yeah, well, that's the case, you know, Islam, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, it, because it's just, it's it feels sort of insane. But, but again how do you explain it yeah so actually i have a very slight correction on missiles not about the uh, you know it was banned in sharia law for many years before revolution mm. you know, like chess caviar and uh, trading the ins- musical instrument was banned 
for many years what Khomeini did actually Khomeini unbanned them and it was kind of a controversial at that time because a lot of like fun fundamentalist uh, like uh, became against Khomeini that how, why do you change the Sharia law and all those mm -hmm. sorry it was banned in Sharia law but obviously not in Iran because Iran wasn't governed by Sharia law right so after revolution Iran uh -huh. governed by Sharia law and it was banned in Sharia law I see what Khomeini did is actually unbanned them for certain types of music the the military stuff is that for, what for, yeah like uh, the music that it was not Qana as uh, right 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 yeah which is crazy you cannot say like as and there is no definition that okay like the i can be in a Ghana mood with this song <laughs> that we just heard but for someone it could be all yeah. you know disturbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and also about chess uh, in a very yes. quick thing the reason actually chess was banned it's funny because they put it among like a uh, card game play pl uh, yes uh, card game like car gambling yes yes yeah. and because of that they banned Shatranj but, uh -huh. but so was it Misak was saying it's, it's they they're trying to eliminate or mitigate people thinking too much I mean which would seem <laughs> I, I think it's, it actually seems kind of believable yeah, to me yes, you know that that's a part of the agenda but actually one thing I was going to add to what Shaya said um, that whole unbanning and what Khomeini did I, I just recalled that it was um he referred to it as the law of maslahat, which mm. I think translates to expediency. Mm. And basically what he was saying in that is that nothing trumps the interests of the state or the survival of the state. Mm. And that's essentially what led, um, that was kind of what led to him relaxing um, those laws and allowing the use of other music. So when Shia was saying that, I just remembered, you know, reading mm. that somewhere and that's where that, I guess, relaxation came mm. to be. Shia, I mean, could you, as as a musical artist uh -huh. in in Iran, um, you talked earlier before we, uh, Misak came on about how um, this was an important issue, so much of an important yeah, issue yeah. for you that it was one of the precipitants for you leaving Iran. Yes. Um, but could you relate to the? I mean, I was so um, I don't want to say entranced, but. Uh, uh, I, I, w I was pretty involved in, in Misak's storytelling there about uh, the couple of the two examples she gave of how of practical on the ground examples of how this affects affected her yeah. as a lead singer trying to perform yeah. the gig where she's about to do the gig and two days before they bring some mm -hmm. guy who's not even a singer and he, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. drunk. I mean, the whole thing is, like I said, kind of comedic. Um, could you relate to those experiences of not being able, able to have a female lead singer in Iran with Dang Show? Oh yeah, actually it happened for me several times. Like uh, I have a very good friend named Qazal, Qazal Shakiri, maybe people know her. And uh, we were on a stage and I, I saw a guy like, uh, like a reissue She guy. was a lead singer or <laughs> she, she was a singer? In she you? was a singer which uh -huh. me and my brother, we accompanied yes, her voice yeah. and because it, it was legal. So the, so the numbers are correct. Yes. Two yes, guys and one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I, I saw, I, I was on stage and playing and I saw a, like a, a bearded guy. It, it was like a Basiji guy. Uh -huh. I saw that he rushed into the sound booth and uh, make uh, muted her microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so from the rest. So what the? How do you explain shit like that? Because that that's not even part of the deal, right? You're supposed to be able to hear her voice <laughs> yes, if there's the guy singing as well. Yes, right? exactly. But you know, it's it's very based on the 
personal attitude mm-hmm. of the people who is right. the, you know that maybe they 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 was uh, ha- they was tempted the closest thing a western like somebody like me can can come to uh I- understanding it is it's reminds me of border customs officials <laughs> who you you know you arrive and and uh-huh. through the security check uh-huh. and exactly. you don't know if they're going to open yeah. the suitcase yes. and exactly. get get rid of your perfume or yes. you know tell yes. you you have to you know yeah. throw your headphones out or i don't know right, yeah. right? it's it, it's so random yeah. and yet it's all encompassing power we have the right to turn off your microphone and yeah. uh, at some gig and because i was like working with different female singers i was asked to go to the um, airshot and I, w- I was interrogated several times that why do you work with female singers and and you know it's like a, and would they repeat when they do that would they say to you you know we're not supposed to have female singers because it's going to lead to temptation or i mean what would do they even get into all of that or they just they, no they would they're just like, enforcing yeah enforcing like you rules do, yeah you don't have to work with female singer it's for islamic it's the islamic law and if you continue to do this we like uh, ban you from going on stage and but uh, um i w- i was always resistant do you think any of those i mean i'm willing to to believe or conceive that somebody who's very religious and steeped in these ideas, you know, is convinced that this is something that is the, the correct way. But these Basige guys who uh-huh. would get you in or at the air shot, do you actually even think that they believe what they're doing or did? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to mm. tell actually. It's hard to tell. Really. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the guy listened to Haide while he's <laughs> right. alone in home, but yeah, it's at at and some at some point it was a kind of a show off for them. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In front and of her Basiji, his Basiji friends, like I am the guy who can. Right, or like yeah. I'm. I I don't like Dang Show, or I don't want uh, them to be too popular, or whatever. I, I'm gonna. Yeah. yeah. What What do you guys think of the the resilience and bravery of women artists, especially young female artists in Iran today, um, in a time of social media and exposure to western music where i was as i was talking about in the interview i'm uh, sometimes i'll see somebody on instagram mm-hmm. a, a great you know upcoming young female artist who looks like you know she lives in dallas or yeah. something you know and and then it'll be like uh, i'm from shiraz and <laughs> you know in, in her bio uh and i think wow that is that's ballsy yeah. you know that's that's really resilient what Talk to me about your feelings on that, Peggy. I mean, it's incredible. I think it's this like deliberate rebellion almost. Um, And I think, you know, like you said, it is ballsy. I think, you know, these individuals are so brave to be in a position where, you know, I mean, anything could really happen and that repression is there and yet they still choose to push the envelope. Mm. Um, And one of the things is, you know, people talk about Iran and, you know, musicians and artists inside of Iran and we always refer to them as being kind of isolated from the rest of the world or, you know, these preconceived notions of, um, you know, there might not be talent or there isn't or lack of and things like that. But in reality, I think, you know, particularly women, they're definitely not isolated and there definitely isn't any lack of talent. In fact, I think there's a surplus of it. It's just, you know, because of conditions, they haven't been able to showcase them. Mm. And now in the age of social media, I think we're starting to see that. We're starting to see those um, individuals seek individual freedoms and really showcase the talents and artistic abilities that they have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. Yeah, like it's funny that when a female sings, it considered as a rebellious act. So I think it's really interesting. And again, just the, what it says about men, 
that we have to that we can't handle ourselves or something if there's a a female singing or you know it's that the, I mean goes back to the whole point of it or if you play chess you know you'll lose your morality <laughs> um, I should note I mean for people listening there's, there's an interesting dance that we do sometimes because we'll sometimes discover um, a musical artist, particularly a female singer. I mean, this is this goes across the board for people that we discover who are in Iran. Mm-hmm. But particularly something like a female artist. I know there's been a couple I can think of off the top of my head that, that Shia, you and I have sat and gone, oh, this artist yeah. is great. And we have to consider, even before we reach out to them, mm-hmm. whether they would come on the show, whether it would be problematic for them to yes. come on the show, whether they would come on the show but not be able to say anything because they don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So there's all these obstacles yeah. um, that uh, I'm not the biggest fan of social media, but God bless Instagram in <laughs> this sense that, yes. that you can, you know, I it's agree. allowing a portal for some of us to see these artists uh, from inside Iran. But but even even us promoting them, it raises all kinds of issues or flags or or problems and and I, and I can tell the audience that there we regularly have people um, who you know we have very seldom if we ask somebody to come on from the diaspora to that 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 they're unavailable but mm-hmm. inside Iran we regularly have people say man I'd love to come on but um, I'm, yeah, I'm concerned yeah. you know even though we're not a there's no overt political agenda or partisan agenda to our show but mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the absurdity of women not being able to sing. Yeah. A- again, like it, it considered as a political act, you know, if a female sings. So I, I can c- completely understand their concern. Yeah. 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 And I was just going to say, you know, it, it's not even so much as them saying against saying something against, you know, anything in the realm of politics or anything like that. Just the mere attendance or you know exploration of music or art or singing or whatever in and of itself is you know an act that goes against whatever law policy or right. whatnot right uh thank you thank you shia thank you pega and thank you to Misar. uh and i think we should i mean this is a conversation that we will continue we want to continue mm-hmm. not just the plight of persian music but this issue of um of female artists and singers in particular if you're if you're listening to us in iran uh, and a, a lot of folks do, and and you've been one of those artists uh, that we've been talking about. Um, send us an email, uh, post on our platforms. You can you can tell us to not use your name if you want. Uh, info at rookmedia.com, info at rookmedia.com, or just post on any of our platforms, and um, we'll share some of uh, your stories and, um, and appreciate what you're doing out there, or if you're anywhere in the diaspora and have been affected by these issues. Uh, we will continue to do this series on the plight of Persian music, and we t- will take um, submissions from you folks out there too. If you have an idea for the, for this series, I'm happy to hear about it. Uh, back on Monday with Halia Bande and Dr. Rosa Moradi. Um, thank you uh, for listening. This is full time for Rook for today. Our website rookmedia.com, rookmedia.com, which is where you can link to all of our 
programs, uh, our, our different um, guests, episodes, funnies, videos, etc. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Savvy Roham, talented Anahita, Ponta the artist, the fabulous Keon, Super Parisa, Smart Pega, Raymer Dodd, Captain Reza and Groovy Shia. Thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe if you have not done so already. And find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. And in the meantime, Mizunbashi. Bashi.